warning. This podcast frequently contains disturbing and graphic content. User discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official member of the Nightmare Society online campfire, Koei C. I am totally sure that I butchered that, but thank you so much for showing your love for the podcast. We are so very glad to have you. Also, a big thanks to user Fear Not Monkey and user Jinx92599 for sharing their stories with us tonight. For those of you listening through Patreon, you'll find extra stories added in as one of the stories I'm sharing tonight was shared through a bonus episode, so I wanted to make up, so enjoy the extra long episode. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. When I was 19, I was married with two kids. My oldest son, Jacob, was two, and the younger boy, Tyler, was about one. We all lived in an apartment in a tiny little town. There were four apartments in our building. My mom lived in the front, left-hand apartment, and we lived in the back upstairs one. We lived there peacefully until this night. In this tiny town, there's a woman, Leslie, who suffers from many mental illnesses, including schizophrenia. She doesn't like people and prefers to be left alone. She often wanders the streets at all hours and seems to particularly hate my younger son. If we passed her on the street, she would stare at him and burst into a curse-word-fueled rant. So on this particular night, the boys had been in bed for a couple of hours and my husband and I had just gone to bed. I feel like I had just closed my eyes when I heard a noise from the front of the apartment. It kind of sounded like the toy box had been dumped, so I assumed one of the boys had gotten up. I hopped out of bed to see what they were up to. I knew if one was up, the other one would soon be up, and that would result in a very long night. When I walked out of my room, though, I was shocked to see that the front door was standing wide open. Silhouetted by the porch light and hunched at my boy's bedroom door was Leslie. She was muttering to herself about killing the little demon child. In one hand, she had a screwdriver as she used both hands to jiggle the knob. Luckily, the boy's door stuck when it was humid out, so there was a trick to opening the door. I knew and understood that Leslie is just sick and was not in her right mind, but I wasn't sure how to handle this whole situation. Clearly, I didn't want to turn her aggravated attention to me, but I needed to get her away from my boy's door. She just kept jiggling the handle and muttering about the demon child. 
I should mention at this point that Tyler was and is the most joyful kid I have ever known. Jacob has always been quiet and thoughtful while Tyler is loud and smiles brighter than the sun. He will do big things to make someone else happy. Jacob also thrives on making people happy, but he does it in such small ways that you almost don't realize until you do. I was sure that there was literally no possible reason for her hatred of Tyler. I was sure it was just her mental illnesses speaking, but it was insane. Anyway, luckily my mom was walking home from the bar across the street from the apartments, and she heard the crash, which I now know was my front door being smashed open. My mom had lived in this town longer than I had and had dealt with Leslie's outbursts several times. So while I was trying to decide how to distract her from my boy's room without getting stabbed, my mom was creeping up the stairs to my apartment. My mom stepped into the apartment and Leslie turned to look at her. My mom asked her what she was doing and she started crying and told my mom that she had to kill him. They kept telling her that she had to. By this point, my husband had woken up and called for help. The cops came and escorted her away. They took her to her sister's house down the road. Fortunately, her sister is under no illusions about her sister's condition. She knew that Leslie only got bad when she stopped taking her medication and began drinking instead. So Leslie was taken to the hospital to get her stabilized and back on her medication. The family apologized and we moved before she was released from the hospital. The boys slept in my room until we did move, and for a while after that. Last I knew, Leslie is doing okay. They think Tyler set her off because he resembled a baby the family lost. When she saw him, she decided her medications weren't working because she was seeing things again. So she stopped taking them, and began drinking because she couldn't deal with seeing this baby everywhere. Maybe that's a load of crap, but maybe it's true, I'm not sure. We haven't seen her since, and her family works hard to keep people from spreading stories. Tyler is now 18 and still full of sunshine. Jacob is 19. We have two more kids and have been married for 20 years. It is still the scariest night of my life. I'm forever grateful for my mom and that darn sticky door. I'm sure either Leslie or I would be dead if she managed to get the door open. Around 9 or 10 years ago, I was living with my mom dad and older sister in an old house in a very very small village like when i say small i mean its only main feature was a small church and a few scattered houses occupied mostly by very old people at the time it was the summer so i wasn't at school or anything and since we were so far in the middle of nowhere I spent most of that time at home, glued to one screen or another. The usual routine was I would wake up around 10 or 11. 
By this point, my mom, dad, and sister had all left for work, so I had the house to myself. I'd go downstairs, make some toast, watch some random stuff on TV for an hour before heading back to my room to continue with whatever game I was grinding through that particular day. The usual habits of a 17-year-old guy cut off from the world by many, many fields. I should give a quick rundown of our house, I guess. It was an older cottage with two rooms upstairs, mine and my sister's, and everything else downstairs. As you walk up the stairs, you got to a very small landing and could either go left to my room or immediate right to my sister's room. Basically, the way this was laid out was that I could sit in my room with the door open of my sister's room directly opposite. I should also mention that the ceilings in both our bedrooms were slanted. We were basically in a large attic where the roof slanted down. Because of where the slant met the wall, we had crawl spaces that ran the length of the house on either side of the rooms, both with a small door to access them. These were mostly used for storing normal attic stuff, like Christmas decorations and old forgotten toys. The doors to these things were thin little things, about four feet tall a small handle on the outside. This is important because turning these tiny doorknobs opened them, but only from the outside. If the door was pushed shut with you inside, there was no way back out. I discovered this myself on more than one occasion. The door on my side ran along my room and along one wall in my sister's room and hers ran along the other side, along my room. This space was not very big. You had to crouch to stand in it, and most of the time you were in there, you were crawling on your hands and knees. This is all important, I promise. Anyway, this one morning I'm awoken to a familiar noise. Some sort of small creature rustling around in the crawl space on my sister's side. I could hear this because my bed was against the wall that ran along it. Not an unusual noise. Living in the countryside we had mice almost constantly, and they pretty much had the run of the storage spaces, no matter how many traps were put down. I thought nothing of it and got up and went off to begin my morning ritual of toast and television. The first odd thing I noticed was while watching TV I could hear movement upstairs. My sister's room was directly above the living room, so I assumed she'd just not gone to work that day for whatever reason, and continued munching. Around an hour or two later I went back upstairs and booted my PC. As I was waiting, I turned around to open my door and faced my sister's closed one and realized it was late in the day and she had yet to leave her room. An odd thing since she normally parked up on the sofa in the living room on her days off and didn't move until our parents returned. We're not the most active family. 
I started to think that maybe she was at work and I'd imagined the noise from upstairs, but as I mused this, I noticed the crack of light at the bottom of her door as a shadow passed by it. Okay, so there's definitely someone in there. So it must be her, right? I once again pushed it from my mind and went back to my PC. More time passed and the thought came back to me. Why would she be at home but not leave? She only has a small TV in her room and no books, so what had she been doing there all day? I glanced back around again and saw a shadow under the door. She was still moving around in there, so what was up? I finally decided to go knock on her door. I knocked a few times and said her name. No answer. Weird, but maybe she had headphones on or something. I knocked a bit harder again and said her name again, but louder. No answer. Alright, I thought. Screw this. I'm just gonna go in, so I cracked the door open and peered around. I found an empty room. No one inside at all. Feeling slightly confused, but better that it was just my imagination. I stepped in properly and looked around and saw something that made me full-on panic. Near the bottom of her little door leading to the crawl space, there was a small hole that the mice had made to get in and out of the bottom. Really small, but just big enough to fit half of your hand through. There, coming through the hole, were four fingers holding the door shut from the inside. At first I thought, no, it can't be fingers, don't be stupid, until I watched them slowly creep back through the hole into the crawl space. I completely lost my head, very quietly though I might add. I backed out of the room shutting the door behind me and ran to my room. Being the stupid teenager I was, I grabbed what might have been the most imposing weapon I could find. The fake Winchester rifle cap gun I got from Disneyland a few years previous. I figured that if whoever was hiding in that bedroom didn't believe it was a real firearm, I could at least hit them with it. I ran off downstairs to where my dogs were on the far side of the house and called my mom who worked about a five minute drive from our house. She told me to stay put and that her and her manager were on the way. And this time I made a small upgrade from fake plastic rifle to one of my dad's golf clubs. I felt much better with that. Finally my mom and her boss John turned up and I tell them everything leading up to this point. At that point we all set off upstairs to investigate. Me, rather unheroically, bringing up the rear with my golf club. We get into my sister's room and I point to the door. I'll never know if my mom is just hard as nails or massively stupid. But while John and I watch, she marches over to the door, yanks it open and sticks her head in. A moment passes while she looks left and right, 
and John and I are preparing to yank her back from the clutches of the psycho hobo murderer hiding in there before she shouts, Chris, what the hell are you doing in there? Get out! Chris was my sister's boyfriend. Unbeknownst to me, the night before my dad had asked Chris to leave as he had stayed with us for around five days at this point. He said, yep, that's cool. And as far as mom and dad knew, he had headed home. What really happened was instead of him leaving, he and my sister had planned to make it seem like he left and he could stay another night. He then would wake up before my mom shouted up to my sister for work like she did every morning and would hide in the crawl space and sleep there until everyone had left for the day. The one small hitch in the plan that they did not think of was, you guessed it, me. They'd forgotten I was home and I conveniently sat opposite the only exit for most of the day. So he was trapped. When I knocked, he hid himself behind the door and held it shut to prevent being locked in. Anyway, my mom swiftly told him to get the heck out and not to come back. Sadly, this was not the last time we saw the guy as it turned out he'd stolen quite a bit of money from my sister's room while he'd been hiding out. And then, because my sister makes terrible decisions, got her pregnant and proceeded to smash windows trying to get at her and the baby around a year later. For a while, we lived in the same city when I went to university and he was spending time at the prison there for stabbing someone in a completely different town. He's obviously a super guy. Oh, and a small topper to all this. As I mentioned earlier, the only rooms upstairs are mine and my sister's rooms. He'd been in there for close to 14 hours with no access to a toilet. But no worry for this guy, because he had lots of empty bottles to piss in, which he kindly left behind for us to clean up. And finally, around a year later, as mom was getting the Christmas decorations out, which were in the far, far back of the storage space, she found a small bag filled with feces. I should mention where she found it is exactly next to where my bed is on the other side of the wall. The rustling that woke me up that day. It was him, hiding his shit amongst our tinsel and tree. So, sister's baby daddy who hid in our crawl space and used it as his private bathroom. Let's not meet again. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. And feel free to go over and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash nightmare society. It's a place where if you feel so inclined, you can contribute to help out the podcast. Every little bit is helpful. Until next time. Shoot it, do it.